Hi everyone, welcome back to the Rambling Young Minister podcast. Um, today I want to talk about something that I, I think has really plagued a lot of people, and that is the question of church attendance and, and going to church. Is church attendance, is going to church, is belonging to a church and church membership, is that something that really matters? Is it something that I really should take part in? And I think the easy answer, the Sunday school answer, is yes. And when we can say, well, why? And the, we could say, well, the, the Bible says so. We're told not to forsake the fellowship of the saints, um, that we are to, uh, we've been brought into this covenant community, that in order to love the head, we must also love the body, that we are to work together and partner together in gospel ministry, and that we are to seek and serve together as a means of accountability of discipline, of love, and, and, and as we work together, we help work in, a, in almost a, a corporate means of sanctification uh, with our brothers and sisters who help us sharpen, uh, sharpen each other in this um, gospel age, in this church age. And so that's really the biblical concept. So we could just leave it at that and say, well, we'll just be obedient to what the Bible says. But I, I, I want to take a second to, to empathize um, with many who who struggle with this, um, who struggle with church going, who maybe have bounced around from church to church to church, or who maybe have been hurt in a church and are just, that they almost are ready to wash their hands with it. You know, church is an acquired taste. Um, it's something that unless you were raised in, sometimes it can, it can come off weird and, and even unusual. Um, people seem way too nice, and sometimes experience has told us, well, when people are really nice, it, it's probably fake. Um, and sometimes it's the case, but, but not all the time. And perhaps this is the third or fourth church you've come to and realize that every single church that you've gone to, you've had a radically different experience there. And that has led you to believe that no one actually knows what this church thing is supposed to be about, that no one actually knows what they're doing. And because of that, is there really a model ideal of the church? You know, I was the teenager who went to church out of more of a cultural norm than a convicted heart. Um, it's kind of just what you do in the South. You go to church, and afterwards you go to grandmas or moms. You have a big dinner. You forget all of the religious things you learned, and then you repeat later, a week later, basically. Um, church never seemed difficult for me because it was just something that you do, and it makes everyone happier that they saw you there. So you go, and you do it. However, when God brought me to Christ, and especially when He began forming my heart for a call to ministry, I began to realize that this thing called church is much more difficult than I are, you know, much more difficult than us lifelong churchgoers often acknowledge. Church is a hard thing. You have broken people pouring into a room to glorify their perfect Savior. The Savior is perfect, but we are not. And that is usually where the great divorce takes place. I have heard so many believers and non-believers say that the reason they don't go to church or have left the church is because of the people. They're hypocrites, they're gossipers, they're fake, and you name it, and I have heard it as an excuse that has either kept someone from really exploring the faith or has caused them to bounce from church to church to church and eventually giving up because we just don't fit anywhere. The truth of the matter is that all of those things are just excuses. Excuses that keep us from going where we truly need to be. And that is the church with other brothers and sisters in the faith. C.S. Lewis knew this. In Lewis's famous writing, The Screwtape Letters, 
The older demon Screwtape gives this little bit of advice to the, his nephew's demon Wormwood. Now this is a lengthy quote, but I, I want you to listen to it because it's so, so prevalent to this topic. C.S. Lewis wrote, and I quote, One of our great allies at present is the church itself. Do not understand me. I do not mean the church as we see her spread out through all time and space and rooted in eternity, terrible as an army with banners. That, I confess, is a spectacle which makes our boldest tempters uneasy. But fortunately, it is quite invisible to these humans. All your patient sees is the half-finished sham Gothic erection on the new building estate. When he goes inside, he sees the local grocer with rather an oily expression on his face, bustling up to offer him one shiny little book containing a liturgy which neither of them understands, and one shabby little book containing corrupt text of a number of religious lyrics mostly bad and in very small print. When he gets to his pews and looks around him, he sees just the selection of his neighbors whom he has hitherto avoided. You want to lean pretty heavily on those neighbors. Make his mind flit to and fro between any expression like the body of Christ and the actual faces in the next pew. It matters very little, of course, what kind of people that next pew really contains, provided that any of those neighbors sing out of tune or have boots that squeak or double chins or odd clothes. The patient will quite easily believe that their religion must therefore be somehow ridiculous. At his present stage, you see, he has an idea of Christians in his mind which he supposes to be spiritual, but which in fact is largely pictorial. His mind is full of togas and sandals and armor and bare legs, and the mere fact that other people in church wear modern clothes is a real, though of course an unconscious, difficulty to him. I have been writing hitherto on the assumption that the people in the next pew afford no rational ground for disappointment. Of course, if they do, if the patient knows that the woman with the absurd hat is a fanatical bridge player, or the man with squeaky boots is a miser and an extortionist, then your task is so much the easier. All you have to do is keep out of his mind the question, if I, being what I am, can consider that I am in some sense a Christian, why should the different vices of those people in the next pew prove that their religion is mere hypocrisy and convention? End quote. Beloved, church is hard. Yes, there are distractions, and the people are broken. The sermons can be dry and boring, and people do and say stupid stuff at times. But so do we. So do every one of us. Going to church is hard, but it's so necessary. You see, it's easy for me to create a group of concentric circles of brokenness and say that these people are far more broken than me. And I will take my gifts and I will go find a more worthy people to join with. And I say to you, good luck doing that. That kind of attitude shows that perhaps you are far more broken than you ever could imagine. Charles Spurgeon once rightly noted, If you were to find a perfect church this side of heaven, you would find it empty and unable to remain yourself. Why is it so important that week in and week out we join together as a broken people, united under the banner of Christ? Well, here's three reasons. One, we need each other more than we could ever know. The day that I think I can't learn something from an older minister is the day that I need my high horse cut out from under me. We can learn more from each other than we could ever really imagine, 
And this is the essence of humility. Second, when we are surrounded by brokenness and hypocrisy, which we are all just as guilty of, of, we learn how to rightly love our neighbor, not because of their goodness, but in spite of their brokenness. Learning to rightly love is one of the greatest effects of belonging to a church. When we come into that mixed bag of individuals, society tells us that we have no business meeting together, loving each other, and learning from one another. However, with Christ alone, it is possible. He is the great bridge that transcends race, culture, ethnicity, and socio-political lines. Christ is our common glue and our common need and our common confession. Under the banner of Christ, our differences in background, language, culture come together to create a beautiful tapestry of praise which will extend into eternity. Yes, beloved, church is hard, but we need each other so much. Love your church and be the church that causes the gates of hell to shudder, not celebrate. God bless and have a great day.